0: What's up, y'all? This is Bud Elliott, and this is the NOLCast. I am broadcasting here today to talk about these 10-0 Florida State Seminoles, and we are not live for this, uh, and we also don't have Graham today. And it's also not the time that we were planning to do the show. And um, honestly, just a lot of different things came up. My phone broke. Kind of sucked. Hard to do my job if you don't have a phone, so I had to go out and get a replacement phone. And then it started working again. But then I ended up getting a replacement anyway, so I got to swap my data over there. On that, if you hear my voice, it doesn't sound great. I have gone uh, 12 weeks of college football season now without getting sick, and I've been feeling pretty damn good. And if you got young kids like I do, you just kind of know they bring home some crud from school, and uh, it, it's it's a long season. If you cover this sport, really in any capacity, especially if you're traveling, you're gonna you're gonna probably come down with something at some point during the season. So a little uh, mid-afternoon coffee. If you're watching this, this is the Rose Bowl game, first ever playoff semifinal uh, cup, which is cool if you're watching us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Make sure you check us out and give us a like. Even if you're an audio person, I-, I would appreciate if you give us a like because it does help just make us look bigger on the YouTube side, even though we know many of you will never ever watch the YouTube video because you guys are. Are busy, you don't have time to watch YouTube, or maybe you're somebody who listens during commute workout or household chores, or I don't know, maybe like fireside, but like old timey, old timey radio. A couple things I want to go through today, a couple things that I want to sort of table for the next episode, which we will do. I think we're gonna do two this week. I, I do want to do one with Graham. If you guys can see this here, this is pretty cool. So this is what I wanted to do for this week's episode. And this is a a real good buddy of mine, John up in Raleigh said, Hey. I got these old school Florida state cards. We should do like, a remember some dudes. If you guys know that YouTube channel, I remember some dudes. Look at these pretty awesome. So we are going to unbox some of these cards, pull them out and talk about some of the Seminole legends on an upcoming show, maybe Thursday or Friday, or maybe the Monday show of next week. As always, want to thank all, all of our sponsors. Uh, prize picks, promo code NOLCast. I don't have any new prize picks to offer you right now because it, it is, of course, Wednesday. The lines for the college ball aren't fully out yet, but we will do another show later this week for sure. Again, so had a great time running into Chad at the ball game. Shannon as well. Uh, I, I didn't get to see, but I believe Graham ran into him. 844 FSU loan is the number to call there if you need a home loan. Look. You need somebody who's a true professional in the space to walk you through this process, and I I believe those guys are the best. I've used them twice. i would gladly and immediately use them again. Florida State sits at number four in the college ball playoff rankings. You don't come to this podcast to have me tell you that. What you may not know is that the Vegas odds for the Knowles to make the playoffs have not changed. Zero change in that, really. So uh, do we think that there's any chance that FSU gets left out if they don't make the playoff? Not really. Or sorry, if, if they go undefeated, I I don't particularly, right? They're, you know, much better than, than not uh, to go. Caesars has them minus 350, plus 250 to go. That's, that's a pretty serious, you know, favorite. That is the largest favorite on Caesars. They are also the largest favorite on DraftKings to go. Again, like more likely than Georgia. To make it, so you know, I think that's—I think they're probably like a 60% shot to go, maybe 65, depending on how you feel about the game in the swamp and the game against what is most likely to be Louisville in uh, in Charlotte in three weeks. There is some chatter like should Washington be above Florida State in terms of making the playoff? Whatever you're ranked right now it does not matter. If you go undefeated, I—I I would just be completely floored if you were left out of the playoff, honestly. Um, And that's for a variety of reasons. How the league is shaking out, the non-conference slate uh, by the SEC, how they really haven't earned the benefit of the doubt, Uh, the committee's favorable opinion of your metrics, both offense and especially defense, blah, blah, blah. Now, I will tell you this. I do think there is a chance that Washington jumps Florida State this weekend if they're able to win at Oregon State. Oregon State is currently a two- uh, two and a half point favorite over Washington. Kennedy seems to be a little skeptical of Washington because they struggled with two uh, legitimately bad teams in Arizona State and uh, Stanford. Whereas FSU in week two or week three struggled against Boston College. That's a BC team that is already bowl eligible, so it's it's not as if they are horrible. They're certainly not good, but they're not they're not awful. And I think that does uh, help your case a little bit. But don't be surprised if the coming week we see Washington over FSU, don't panic over it. At that point, I think you could make a a stronger case that their resume is better than the Knowles because they would have added that Oregon State victory. And if Washington actually goes undefeated throughout the rest of the Pac-12, meaning they would have beaten Oregon State, uh, they would have beaten Washington State, which is not a great win at this point. Washington State may or may not make a bowl game. They're basically Boston College-ish. except BC already is ball-eligible, and they beat Oregon again in the Pac-12 title game, that will be a pretty strong resume. So I wouldn't really worry about this too much. Just win the ball games you are supposed to win. And in this program, which lost to Jacksonville State you know, just over two years ago, is, is playoff-bound. One game at a time, got to take care of it, et cetera. The other reason why I want to do two shows this week is because I really do want to have Graham in here so we can sort of reminisce about um all of the, the guys who did such a great job helping to reelevate this program, who, who stuck with it, trusted the process, and and got developed uh, during their time there. you know, guys who came in as one thing and left as another and, and helped to to really re-elevate this program to where it, it typically would be. Uh, I don't think we've done a full episode since the Jimbo thing got announced. Obviously, you see Mike Norvell's name, on a lot of these hot boards for the Texas A&M job. I will tell you that uh, you never say never, but I I think Mike Norvell is going to stay in Tallahassee. This is not the Jimbo Fisher situation, okay? I think Mike Norvell is well-liked by the people who cut the checks. At the end of his time in Tallahassee, Jimbo Fisher was the opposite of that. He had burned a lot of bridges, a lot of people We're very tired of his act for a variety of reasons, uh, most of which in hindsight look justified, you know, and like, even in my own job, having covered Jimbo, I, I try to take some lessons from Jimbo, right? There are certain things that I may want at work that I know I need to succeed, but there is still a right way to go about asking for them and a wrong way, and you got to think, like, how big is this ask that I'm going to be willing to rub somebody the wrong way to where they're not going to view me in a favorable light going forward if I have to come back and ask for something later? To the best of my knowledge, Mike Mike Norvell is extremely well-liked by the people who cut the checks, by the administration, right? I I think that they feel like they have a good one in Norvell. And for reasons that we'll talk about later on in the show, the, the ability to win in Tallahassee is... Is really, really solid. And people are making stupid money in this sport right now. I mean, Jimbo Fisher was just paid $76 million to not coach. Now, that's not the norm. That's A&M jumping five steps ahead and giving him Saban money when he hadn't done the Saban thing in College Station, right? So, you know, from that standpoint, a little foolish on, on their part, but I guess it's good to own all the oil. But there is a thing now in college football to where the difference between making, like Norvell makes eight-ish right now. I assume if he takes this team to the college football playoff that he will get a bump, probably 10. Look, there is a difference between making 10 and making 13. But it's not like the difference between making four and seven or eight and 11 or certainly not like one to four. It's just that like diminishing marginal value of each additional dollar. It's not that you don't want it. Of course you want it, and your agent wants it for you and should. That's what good representation does. However, quality of life, stability, all of those sort of things also factor in. I I look at the Jamie Chadwell situation, right? If you guys don't know, he was at Coastal Carolina. He was considered for a couple jobs this offseason. USF. Georgia Tech. I believe he could have had both those jobs, but he took Liberty. Liberty pays about the same, and Chadwell is an excellent coach, and he's going to have the most resources in that league and will consistently win that league or come real close to winning that league every year in which his quarterback is not hurt. And that allows him to really pick his spots if and when he ever does decide to leave. I think that's a really smart move. There is something to be said for staying in one spot for let's call it a decade being able to raise your kids there in the same spot be around the same people assuming you like them if you don't then you know go somewhere else that you want to be but a lot of these coaches complain about not wanting to constantly uproot their family i think dan lanning at oregon has said similar you know like that just there is other factors i think matter more when the numbers get up so big to where we're talking you know, it's like a 15% raise somewhere else when you already make you know, 10 or so million in a state that doesn't have state tax. So am I worried about Mike Norvell going to Texas a m Not particularly. Do I think it's impossible? No. I've covered college football long enough. I know weird things happen. You know, if you're Norvell, you probably are like, hey, I would like to be relatively sure that... FSU is going to get out of the ACC at some point, right? That NIL continues to be a major strength of this program, which it is. Obviously, my co-host Graham has done a tremendous job leading the battles in. I I, I talk to people from other collectives all the time, and they're like, "Dude, FSU's collective is really smart and well run." I'm like, thanks, man. I'm I'm proud of Graham for that. So, Morvell has this program on good footing. I think he has. a a good staff. I think he has the ability to make some changes if he wants to. Every year you continue to reevaluate the program. And I think that he will, but I I don't think that this is like at the end, a lot of people were ready for Jimbo to leave. I don't think anybody in Tallahassee is ready to have, have Mike Norvell leave. Honestly, I don't. Um, So if it did come, I think FSU would fight. I'll I'll, I'll leave it at that. Somebody who can help you optimize your situation, just as I'm sure that the situation will get optimized in Tallahassee, is Matt Lewis at Congruity. Everybody can check out. Matt does a tremendous job optimizing your business. We have a whole lot of NOLCast listeners who own businesses who already work with Matt. If you want to hit up Matt, hey, it's real easy. Go to the show notes. We put the link to get in contact with Matt in the show notes. Just click it. You're watching the show or you're listening to the show. Just click the link. Congruity HR, all of your business solutions and needs right there at your fingertips. Just click the link to his awesome website. All right. So now I want to talk a little bit about recruiting. FSU's recruiting has continued to get better every year under Mike Norvell. It was... Um, Honestly, underwhelming in his first two seasons. However, not surprisingly so due to some of the factors surrounding him, including the, the taking over a school during the COVID dead period, which was problematic and, and tough. And he's continued to have to evolve his staff, uh, evolve the methods, expand the staff, get more support for it. And I, I think, honestly, uh, learn. As a head coach and as a manager of of people, how to manage a staff from a recruiting standpoint at the upper power five level. And I really define that as there's about 18 jobs where talent acquisition is the most important, not the only, but the most important piece to winning. I've talked about these 18 schools for a while. When I published my blue chip ratio, they're the 18 schools that I look at it and say, hmm. If that school's not in there, that's a problem, especially if they're not in there for multiple years in a row. Florida State has not been in there recently, but they are ascending, and they will be back in there very soon. Blue chip ratio, of course, is what I define as the minimum amount of high school talent that you need to recruit over the prior four years in order to win a national title. So those 18, of course, uh, Miami, Florida State, Florida, Georgia, Clemson, Auburn. Alabama, LSU, Texas A&M, Texas, Tennessee, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Oklahoma, USC, and Oregon. I believe that's 18. And Mike's at one of those. He's now starting to recruit like a much more big-time program recruits, and People say, hey, recruiters recruit. Your record doesn't matter. There is some truth in that. That's not a lie. But on the extremes, that's wrong. And we've seen it be wrong. We saw it be wrong when Willie Taggart had an awesome recruiting class built up over the summer before that disastrous year that he had on the field. We are now seeing it be wrong in Gainesville. As I record this, Florida lost another blue chip recruit today. That is three in the last four days, and there is a non-zero chance that another one happens by the time you've listened to this program. On the flip side, it only logically follows that if you are preaching to recruits for several years in a row, trust me, watch the process, watch our results. That if you follow through on those statements, if you give recruits a reason to believe in you, in your development, in your coaching in game, especially in your culture, do recruits when they get on campus and talk to players, are they getting the answers they want? Some of those questions would include, hey, when the local businesses that partner with NIL, when when they say they're going to pay this, do they do it? And the answers are good hey like coaches talk about family do you guys feel a family feel when the answers are good recruiting goes better i think some staff stability can help you in here and yet we've also seen some true benefits of making some staff changes pat sertan come on and he has done a really nice job in recruiting connecting with with these young guys all of whom who know his son And we were fairly high on the potential of that hire. Certainly, the floor of the hire had to be questioned a little bit because you didn't know. Because he had never coached at the college level. But that was a, I would say, a calculated risk by Norvell that has paid off uh, quite well. Florida fans clowned the hire over the summer, and uh, I believe Sertan is now uh, laughing last. So you're sitting there with the number three recruiting class in the country. You're sitting there with, by a, a meaningful margin, the best class in the ACC. And you take a look at this thing, and you go back to my comment earlier, that like there is something to be said for being at a program that has a lot of support, that has consistent access to the college football playoff via its Power 5 status, and the ability to consistently win. Because if you can get players... And nobody really questions that if Morvell is a good game coach. he—that uh, That is beyond question at this point. There are a certain number of schools in this league that you're just rapidly surpassing. And, and I, for one, with NIL, with the transfer portal, with the amount that the program cares compared to other programs in the league, I, I believe that FSU's dominance over the bottom half of the league is going to very quickly look like what it was in the 90s. There are a certain number of schools that just are not going to be able to play with you athletically. And I I would pretty quickly move to including some schools like Wake Forest in that designation. When we see a Wake Forest offensive tackle have a PFF grade of nine or seven, and we talk about how some of these schools, their best players are now on other rosters because they failed to keep them by having a good NIL program available. Florida State's kind of decided here that it wants to play big boy football, and I'm not going to say that other schools don't want to, but there is sort of the ability. I mean, like, you know, I can't just go and decide tomorrow that I'm going to dunk. I'm six two, but like I, I'm you know, almost 40. I, I, I'm not going to just throw down no matter how hard I really want to. Having the ability and the commitment, I think allows you to elevate to a, a spot where you are winning ACC games at a really high clip. That's an extremely attractive coaching position. Hey, come make $10 million and have the best roster in the league where about half the league in a couple of years probably is non-competitive um, at all. Now, Miami, Clemson, North Carolina, th- they'll still be, certainly. You know, NC State, I-, I don't think, has a desire to go away. Ditto for the Hokies. These other schools, though, which make up w- – they'll make up about half your ACC schedule going forward for however long you're in this league. And I'm not really thinking you're going to be in this league forever, but until you are – I kind of look at Norvell as being a bit in that Chadwell situation if you wanted to be, right? There's no real reason to leave. If Chadwell wants to, he can raise his kids at Liberty for the next 10 years. He'll probably win seven or eight conference titles. His kids will have like a normal life, not constantly moving around uh, all the time. Not there's anything wrong with that. I mean, coaches move all the time. Hell, people who are paid a lot less than coaches do as well. But the way you're recruiting right now, especially when you have the reputation as being as good of a a transfer portal place that you're at, meaning kids believe if they come in via the portal, they'll be treated fairly. They'll be given a real shot that FSU will use them uh, most likely and that it can work out like that is a good reputation to have on the market. There are always things they can do better, but right now things do look pretty damn good when it comes to the recruiting side. The Miami game helped a lot. All the recruits I've talked to from that thing, all the people surrounding it, they they all said like that atmosphere, the weather, the fan support, the energy, the celebration, just kind of nailed it. Good experience, good feedback, consistent, more winning. All that stuff really helps really helps. And I think it establishes the ability to dominate the conference. I already said that. I have said on this show before, although not as recently, because things started to trend in a better direction. But when you were initially building out of the portal, we talked about when it was time to flip the switch. Because your hit rate out of the portal has been extremely high. It is also worth asking whether it is sustainably high. And my opinion was that it probably, you probably still had the ability to have one of the highest hit rates in the portal because you've demonstrated an ability to scout it really well. And with portal players, you've also shown something on film. So there's some guess as to how they play at the college level. So in general, portal guys, they should hit higher than high school recruits, but their ceiling is also a little bit bit less. So you probably a little higher floor, lower ceiling. And we know that Florida State needs to add more high ceiling players. And I had asked, are you building a team or are you building a program? This is the kind of class that tells me that you're building a program and not just a team, right? You need to stack these a couple of years in a row if you want to get to like where Georgia or if Bama had a quarterback, I would throw Bama in there. M- maybe Milrose, that guy, we'll see. I'm a little skeptical that what they did against LSU with all four corners out and their bestie lineman out is necessarily a sign that all, all is fixed with the offense, considering they barely beat Arkansas and struggle with Tennessee for a good portion of that ballgame. But we'll see. Or Ohio State, et cetera. We know what it looks like. We, we know what it looked like under Bowden and before things went really sideways under Jimbo. Consistently stacking classes like this, though, it really matters. We know what capitalizing... On problems with your rivals looks like because Jimbo did it when he was when he was right before it all got messed up when he was right like they took advantage of Urban Meyer slipping at the end of his time there in Gainesville they took advantage of Miami being poorly run under the various head coaches that they had there both when he was an OC and when he was a head coach Florida had an awesome class during the week and they still have some really nice players in that class, but there's certainly an opportunity for the Noles to continue to take advantage of that Miami. They'll still swing and, and we joke about it, but the idea that life wallet stock tanking is, is crippling Miami's NIL. I, I don't think that's accurate. Not fully. From what I understand, Miami has other people backing their NIL as well. And that'll be really important for the Knowles too. Like they need more people to be all in. But you do have an an opportunity to take advantage a little bit of some of the the shortfalls that those programs are having. And I do think FSU is starting to do that. The messaging there has been pretty consistent. Like, hey, we, we won at Memphis. That's like the best G5 league. That you can do it in. We're going to score points. We're going to develop players. And we're going to have guys who, I would say, for the most part, are, are generally happy to come to practice and happy to be part of a program. And we know what it looks like when they're not. Look at Tyler Van Dyke today in his interview, the Miami quarterback. Now, granted, he's had a tough situation. He got benched, he's been injured. He said, I'm not going to let football steal my happiness. That's an interesting comment from your now-started quarterback because the freshman quarterback, Emory Williams, got hurt. So things are going well in recruiting. I don't know if you guys caught it, if you're on Twitter, uh, but awesome interview given to Zach Glowstein of Knowles 24-7 by receiver Jeremiah Smith out of Chaminade. He is the number one player on 24-7 sports. Uh, It is extremely rare for a receiver to be rated that high. But if you want to check this out, I did an interview uh, on um, on the Cover 3 YouTube channel on Jeremiah Smith. I know a lot of NOLCast listeners also, also listen to Cover 3 to get a little more national perspective. Jeremiah Smith is a player who I sincerely believe, I don't know if he would start for you right now at receiver, but I think he would play for you in like a playoff game. He is a different player level of receiver really than very few guys who I've ever seen in person as a high schooler look like that and move like that and seem to have an understanding of the game for that. It, it's just 24-7 doesn't put a lot of receivers number one in the country. That's that's not normal. And yet here he sits. FSU's just been consistent with Smith, just getting him up. We know that he loves Keon Coleman. Right. LSU game, a couple of other, other times, some FSU's recruits have been on him pretty hard. Obviously, if you're Luke Crumminoak, you want to throw to that guy. And I think they've been they've been on him. Having him up again for the Miami game. Miami's also recruiting Smith. I don't think he's going to go to Miami. If I had to handicap it right now, I think FSU is a legitimate chance to flip Smith from Ohio State. Obviously, Ohio State also has a great long-term track record of developing receivers, right? If you're the Knowles, you say, hey, when Keon Coleman, who's one of the very best receivers in the country, when he hit the portal, where did he decide to go? He had one year to spend. Guy was a good player. How did he elevate from good to amazing? Well, first of all, he got a better quarterback. Can't really beat around the bush about that. But you're going to a school in Tallahassee where the head coach, that's what he played. If you don't think Norvell's giving a little extra attention to receivers, you got another thing coming. You put Jeremiah Smith in this class, that is a major, major feather in the cap for what you're doing from a recruiting standpoint. And I think they've got a real shot. I like think he's got a decent connection with Ron Dugans. I think he likes Keon Coleman a lot. I think he's connected with Norvell pretty well. I mean, they've been on him for for a long time. Uh, they they were able to see him in person down there. Shoot, this is probably two summers ago when he was at the uh, the Miami camp at FIU, not Miami, but but down in in, in the city of Miami at FIU. It was uh, it was Norvell's staff doing the satellite camp, along with Harbaugh's staff and uh, and, and the old Miss staff as well. So it's a long-term relationship you've tried to build. Obviously, Ohio State, with what they do with receivers, will be extremely stiff competition, and we'll have to see how far this one goes. But uh, I think you've got a real shot. That's what I'll say about that. And if you pair him with Hakeem Williams... And Destin Hill and assuming continues to you know grow and do the right things, Andrevius Jacobs, and a few other guys, you know, Williamson, Kentron. That's a very nice receiver room. Very nice. I also thought there was a lot of signal in LJ McCray deciding to take the visit. You know, word gets out there that he's considering it earlier in the week. We had some feedback on Twitter. People saying, "Like, hey, why, why would, you know why would FSU want that out there?" Well, it's pretty clear. If Florida knows that he's coming, and the Gators are unable to shut down the visit, it tells you you still have a chance in the recruitment. If you guys don't know, LJ McRae is one of the very best defensive linemen in the entire country. Five-star defensive lineman out of Daytona Mainland, a major position of need. If he joined your class, he would be the best player in your class. Now, obviously, Jeremiah Smith would change things because he's the top player in the whole country. But the Knowles have not recruited from the high school level very well along the defensive line. This is something that I think is probably a two-year fix for them, and they must do better. If they want to win a national title, they have got to do a better job of recruiting the defensive line, having those dudes who are game wreckers and drive enders. And they've not really done that at a high level. That's sort of an area that I think Norvell is going to continue to have to address and an area that they'll probably have to attack in the portal a little bit as well. But getting a guy like McCray would start to move the needle, and start to change the game if they can pull it off. Will they? We'll see. But getting him up, making it again on campus—that's a first step. Also, it looks like he's probably going to visit Miami this weekend. I saw that on Twitter. I—I I think that was Gabby from my, my uh, Miami Hurricanes twenty-four-seven sports site. If it was like a rival site, I apologize. I, th- I think it was Gabby. He does a great job down there. The fact that if true, if McRae is visiting other schools, that tells me that maybe he is more open. Again, as I referenced earlier, Florida is losing players out of their class right now. They'll still play their butts off about 10 days from now when the Noles go to the swamp. And that is not an automatic win by any stretch of the imagination. Florida also has to go play at Missouri, a team that's been playing really well. Look, Florida could win the next two. They could lose the next two. I'm not predicting doom for their class. They're still a legitimate SEC school with an NIL operation and a good recruiting staff. But could the door be open some there? We'll see. Probably should have paired this kid next, honestly. But Cam Coleman... Big-time receiver out of Alabama. Sort of abruptly committed to Texas A&M this summer. Obviously, Texas A&M has fired Jimbo Fisher. Coleman has not decommitted, but uh, it is understood that all options will be considered. They've had him on campus a couple times. Your track record landing players from Alabama is very poor, as is basically everybody who tries to pull kids out of that state. Auburn... Uh, I think Auburn has probably made up some ground on this based on my understanding and just sort of the whispers that I hear along the recruiting circuit. But I'm not sure FSU is totally dead there. And we'll have to continue to monitor that situation. Um, A couple more here if you want. Kai Bates is a player who I've discussed many times, I think, on this show. Cornerback at Edgewater. Uh, He also played some receiver earlier in his high school career a little coffee here and we'll juice up you know kai's a guy who i think has a lot of positional versatility he committed to lsu lsu has been having an okay season defensive back not so much Um, and he did decommit along with another defensive back decommitment from the tigers over the last week he visited fsu recently as well and look bates is is a nice player I, i think this kid can play i think he's physical I think he's got a lot of athleticism to him as well, and he's just sort of scratching the surface of what he can be. Like if I'm Florida State and he wants in, or Xavier Lucas wants in, the the DB uh, from South Florida who's committed to Wisconsin. I, again, this is not FSU saying this. This is just this is Bud saying this. I would take both. I, I think they could help you, and if you're able to get that DB class along with what you signed last year, because recall. FSU signed a, a pretty nice DB class last year and one that uh, my sources internally believe they've hit on and, and should have multiple productive players who can play at a high level. Uh, those are, are really sort of the type of classes that you want to stack back to back. Keep in mind, you already have KJ Bolden in this class. You already have Charles Lester in this class. You already have Jamari Howard in this class. I mean, this is a nice class. Of DBs, Ricky Knight's a versatile kid who can play safety or corner for you, depending on how everything shakes out. Um, you know, CJ Hurd is listed as a safety. And look, the bottom of the class uh, at this point, um, price of poker doesn't change, y'all, right? I think that some of these guys—not that you would force anybody out of the class—certainly, but these recruits generally are, are pretty bright, and I think they look around and they see. They got that kid, and that kid, and that kid. Oh, and him too, and him. Shoot, he's coming now? What? Him? And although these guys have amazing belief in themselves, they're not dumb. They have an idea of when it will take for them to get on the field. So if you're not a real highly rated DB or maybe at some of the other positions that FSU's recruiting extremely well. Again, it wouldn't shock me to see a decommit or a three out of the bottom of the class because FSU's recruiting cache has changed quite a bit as the zero in the loss column stays the zero in the loss column, but the win column continues to change. Uh, a couple other guys, 2025s. Uh, I saw Jamie French at the hotel. It's, he's been on multiple visits to Tallahassee. Jacksonville receiver who I really like I just love his ability to adjust to the ball like I've seen this kid he's got good speed but he's not like a, a 4-2 kid I don't think unless I I've not had him on the laser just watching him play but his ability to adjust his routes tempo the route catch the football is really strong I also saw Jared Smith big time defensive end out of the state of Alabama again look like are you gonna sign a top 10 player in the country out of the state of Alabama typically the answer is no but as long as you have reasonable backup plans, if you don't get the kid, kind of makes sense to keep bringing him down for visits, right? Just keep the relationship alive. You never know what may happen, especially in the era of the transfer portal. So I think that's pretty much it as far as guys who, like the casual recruiting fan should probably care about. FSU's at 23 commits right now. I think you do have a decent bit of roster attrition coming. Uh, We're not going to shy away from the fact that many of the guys who they took in the first two years are not really uh, ACC championship or playoff caliber players. They sort of got what they could get, but the reality is that some of those players who you took in the first two years, if they're playing for you, you're probably getting fired. And Norvell and those guys certainly are getting fired because they've elevated the roster quite a bit. So I would expect a decent number of guys on the roster to seek playing time elsewhere. And that's not a knock on the roster or on them. I mean, it's just sort of how the game is, right? FSU is elevating a bit right now. And we'll have to see how things continue to go. Really excited to have Graham back on the show probably tomorrow or Friday. Or maybe we'll do it on Saturday morning. Who knows? We will not do an instant reaction to the North Alabama game because, again, it's North Alabama. Our pledge to you is always that we want to do shows that we would want to listen to. On the Monday show, we will probably do uh, maybe some review of the ball game. discuss all the young guys who hopefully get in. Mike Norvell last year played a ton of dudes. In their FCS games, so I, I would anticipate that they really empty the clip in terms of unloading the roster, and we'll see how that goes. So, yeah, I think make sure I didn't miss anything else here. Check my messages to make sure nobody sent me anything during the show. Um, <laughs> uh, Tennessee wants uh, wants Kai Bates as well, so as do a number of other schools. But yeah, anyway, I will see you guys next time. Appreciate it.